0: Hey everybody and welcome to the Mental Toughness and Body Show. My name is Rob Evans and I'm your weight loss coach, health strategist and internationally published author, helping take your life and your business, your health, fitness, mindset and body from where you are right now to where it is that you want to be. And I'm in the mobile studio here today and I wanted to talk about a topic that touches many people's lives and uh, it's National Eating Disorder Week here in Australia, I don't know whether it's an international day, I'm assuming it's just a, a national one and eating disorders, very very complicated and I tell you what's really hard to understand for people that love food is why people have these eating disorders because an eating disorder can manifest its way in lots of different Uh, lots of different ways they can have um, you know from anorexia bulimia um, so for those of you that most people listening to this will know what that is but anorexia is um, body dysmorphia you know all that kind of stuff where people they they don't want to eat at all, they just don't want to eat and just get skinnier and skinnier and they see themselves as being fat or not the size that they they want to be. Bulimia is is normally something uh, involving purging. So eating, feeling guilt, and then purging, vomiting. And then there's uh, um, various aspects of that as well. Exercise-induced bulimia, where somebody will eat, maybe binge, not necessarily even binge, but eat, and then go and do enormous amounts of exercise to burn off all the the calories if you like that they have eaten and so what has happened over the past two years with COVID is that the number of eating disorders have gone through the roof I heard a statistic just yesterday I think it was um, and I've heard I mean there are a number of different organisations I guess that are impacted here Uh, whether it be uh, like call centres, kids' helpline, that kind of stuff. But the number I heard yesterday was like a a 78% increase in eating disorders since COVID started. Uh, I've heard higher numbers than that in terms of uh, helplines being called for people, uh, kids in particular, that are suffering uh, from eating disorders. Now, this has an impact on adults as well. uh, but the way that it's impacting our children is, is really massive and that's where there's been um, uh, an even bigger spike uh, in the number of eating disorders It's amongst our kids. And there's a, a number of aspects I see that are, are causing this. One of them is a social media, right? I think about uh, when I was a kid, social media didn't exist, uh, we didn't have, have a computer, I mean, computers only, were only just starting to get into the house, the old Commodore 64 here in Australia, uh, when I was in year nine, I think it was. Year nine or ten. And so they, they were very new. So social media didn't exist. Um, I was bullied uh, you know, because of my size. I was little. wasn't overweight or anything. I was just short. So it was an easy target for people. Uh, and I had horrible... Uh, body image issues of myself because I wanted to be I wanted to be taller I wanted to be bigger I looked at the people around my school that were I guess one popular but also two good at sports and they were also i don't know, they just seemed to be generally speaking the ones that were really good at sports were also really smart and so when I was a kid I was linking all of that together and thought well I'm small um, I'm not good at sports um, I wasn't that smart and I struggled with, uh, you know, I just struggled with learning in the way that it was taught. And so uh, I had horrible, horrible self-image issues, uh, which probably took me, to be honest, decades to, because it started at probably age 11, that's probably my earliest recollection of it, uh, because then I started to notice that people were growing a lot faster than I was. And I was like, I'm not growing, why are other people over summer, they're growing like, 10 centimetres or 15 centimetres, and I'm staying the same size. Um, so you know, that impacted me back then. So social media now, it kind of magnifies everything massively, and then you've got all the filtering that goes on and the fakeness that goes on in Instagram. And some, so for the, the kids, so I've got two teenage girls, and uh, the, the kids aren't on Facebook. Okay, they're on Instagram and TikTok. That's where they're, that's where they're looking at. And you know, to a lesser extent, YouTube. And Facebook have admitted themselves, uh, it came out via a leaked, a leaked document. They'd commissioned a study about the impact of uh, Instagram and social media on uh, kids, particularly girls, and the impact that it would have in, co- in causing them eating disorders and they discovered that it was having a huge impact but they tried to cover up the report but it was leaked and because they didn't want to I think it came up in the, the context of them looking to how can we target advertising more towards teenagers and you know that part of the, the niche and this came out and they tried to cover up the report and then it came out and you know, Facebook have, because they own Instagram, have copped a a lot of flack uh, as a result of it. And I think, you know, people are moving away from Facebook because it's making it difficult. It seems to be all driven by the dollar. Um, The amount that they, uh, you know, change their algorithm to impact the people that are seeing your content and, uh, it's something it 's something like one to three percent of the content you put out that your friends will actually see uh, because unless and as I speak they could be changing it right now uh, uh, if you 're not liking slash commenting or both on uh, say a friend's post Facebook says well you don't obviously don 't want to see it so you don't see it so i 've got like 4,300 friends, something like that on Facebook and most of them wouldn't see my stuff. You know, I put a lot of effort into the content that I put in there and and so forth but most people will not see it. It's like, well, that's just crap. You know, you put so much work into it but this is the price you pay for someone else controlling uh, your content. So maybe it will get to the point where people go back to just people's websites and like when I first started I know I'm side here a little bit, but when I first started business, uh, emails and blogs on your website were the way to go and directing people back to your website, uh, into your blogs. But then, you know, I've probably spent probably seven years not doing blogs, creating lots of content, but just putting it on social media. Um, and then realizing that, well, geez, is there a better way of doing this? Because most people are not seeing the great content that I'm putting out there. Um, so it's tricky. Anyway, so getting back to uh, eating disorders, I think uh, the, the huge problem with uh, the Instagram, for instance, and, and I see I see it on just some of the people that I follow, there's, a, there's so much fakeness. And for instance, uh, because I work in the health fitness industry, um, some of the people that I follow, I notice this particularly with girls. There is so much focus on Instagram on their butts. Okay, Whether it's them uh, doing an Instagram video of their butt. And super tight clothes and the angles of where they've got the camera and all that kind of stuff. Um, you can see other videos where it's the same person and how they can, if you like, fake or tweak the, the position that they're in to make their butt look like so they have cellulite in their butt, but then they can show how they don't have cellulite in their butt. And but the photo that they post is not having the cellulite. Um, and all these young girls, uh, you know, doing these exercises that aren't necessarily safe or appropriate, and uh, putting them on Instagram, and people think, oh right, I should go out and do that, or uh, people saying that you know they live off three hundred calories a day or something, which is very, very unsafe. Okay, um, yeah. anything that is around nine hundred, a thousand to nine hundred calories or less is, you know, not particularly safe. Okay, so uh, for people to be saying, oh yeah, I do this and this and this, and so you look at their their story, if you like. And you see that, wow, look at how this person's really active. They're working out all the time. They do this, this, and this. And then they say things like that. It's like, you know that this isn't true. Okay, there's just a whole bunch of dribble in there. But young girls look at it and they say, oh, wow, this person's got X number of followers, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of followers. And the other issue I find is that uh, particularly with The the women. I see it with some male fitness models, but particularly with the uh, the women, they become more and more risque with their photos, and so they're becoming more and more uh, like sexually provocative. Okay, so they're uh, like naked, uh, but there might be I don't know a pop plant in the way, or it's just the angle that they're you know, they're sitting, lying, whatever, um, or their hands are covering their boobs or, you know, something like that. And, and it's just getting more and more pro, 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 provocative and suggestive. And I think, what message is this Is this sending? Um, there's a, and this is a, one of the bits that I, I don't get. So there's a couple of uh, people that come through my Instagram feed and they're female uh, fitness models. And... Uh, they will post a photo, and they're normally in a G-string or something like that, and they'll get like thousands of comments. And it's like, what is wrong with people? You know, there's zero content here. It's just an image of somebody. And uh, you know, you'll you see them get more, more and more provocative because it has an impact on their... Ego, they're posting it and thinking, okay, well, I'm getting a lot of posts, I'm sorry, a lot of likes or watches if it's a video, and then maybe that starts to back off a little bit. And they say, oh, I did this one today, I thought I would get 2,000 comments, and I've only got 500. Hmm, I better do something more suggestive, more provocative, and then uh you know, they'll get a few more likes, and then before you know it. Um, they're getting an OnlyFans page and they're doing sex videos and, and things like that. Uh, it's just getting more and more suggestive. And like there's so much pressure, uh, particularly young girls, where they see these images and think, oh, wow, I, I need to, to do that. And with all the filtering and so forth, uh, every now and then you'll see one where it's the real video versus the video that has been adjusted. And completely different. It's like you're saying that you're doing these exercises and giving this body, but the reality is that's not your body. You've adjusted it. You've filtered it. And there's apps where you can, you know, you can put in abs. You can change the shape of your your body. And like if you're a man, you can change the size of your your chest and arms and make yourself look way more muscular. But that's not the reality. And um, with the so this is what I see with a lot of the male fitness. Um, you know models they put up these photos talk about their workouts and so forth but quite clearly they're taking performance enhancing uh, drugs because of the size of their muscles now i've been in the industry for like 34 years i know somebody that's on steroids and the body they've got versus somebody that is natural and what that does is well, two things. Let's just say it's a, a very well developed natural athlete, but a young person sees it, and somebody might make a comment saying, Oh, on steroids or something like that. And so the young person looks at it and says, Well, gosh, in order for me to get like that, I need to take steroids too. Or then they look at some of the Mr. Olympia people that are, are really overly developed and taking all kinds of drugs, and they say, Well, Clearly, I need to take steroids if I'm going to look anywhere near that. And uh, they go down that course of action. And often, in order for them to get steroids, they need to start associating or transacting with the underworld. Okay, because you're not going to find a doctor that is going to legitimately give you um, like pharmaceutical grade anabolic steroids. They're always underworld things or are stolen, you know, or uh, people use horse, uh, a lot of people use uh, horse steroids because they know a vet and they have, you know, perhaps a less uh, moral uh, fibre in them and they will sell them to bodybuilders and things like that. Now, it's illegal, uh, but there are people out there that do it because like, how do people get all these steroids? That's not legal. How do you do it? Maybe it is in other countries, but it's certainly not uh, in my country here. Um, so, you know, there's a, there's a lot of pressure through the social media and images and the perceptions that people have from images and it's particularly hitting young girls. Um, it's, it's very nasty. And so, um, my experience with eating disorders is um, it doesn't make sense to you if you're a normal functioning person. Uh, like for me, um, I, I get how people get so drawn in on a certain image that they want for their body, uh, but doing it through not eating and uh, you know unhealthy practices uh, is not helpful. And I, the people that I've worked with that have eating disorders uh, it 's trying to get them to associate with health as opposed to image, and that can be difficult though and there is no easy fix for somebody that is deeply deeply entrenched into an eating disorder there just isn 't it 's a slow road to recovery um, some look a lot of people recover, but some don 't and there is no easy approach to it. We have um, you know some good approaches here in Australia and Uh, uh, some good evidence-based programs because that's what you want. You don't want just, oh, let's wave a stick over you and see if that works. You want evidence-based programs that have been proven to work. But even the evidence-based programs, uh, the results are not necessarily awesome from them. Uh, I've got clients that have uh, had eating disorders and recovered from them. I know a number of people that have had eating disorders and recovered from them. I know some people that are still now into their adulthood and uh, they manage the eating disorder but they still have body dysmorphia issues and, and so forth but they, they're eating, right? And so one thing that I've learned is, is about empathy, okay? You're not going to understand it because you love your food and you're hungry and you want to eat. Um, but somebody that's got a, a chronic eating disorder, they don't see things through your eyes, It's almost like putting a a completely different set of glasses on and how they view the world and how they view themselves. And you can't just say, oh, eat, just eat, just eat. That doesn't work, okay? It really doesn't. Uh, But it is absolutely trying to get the person the help that they need and sometimes you have to be the bigger person for them in order to protect them and preserve their life if it gets to that sort of stage. Um, It can be a very, very difficult journey. It can go on for years. Sometimes it can go on for weeks. Sometimes it can go on for years. Uh, You you just need to strap yourself in for the ride, that's for sure. Um, So I guess this week, being at Eating Disorder Awareness Week, um, I think you would be surprised, for instance, in schools, if they did a full assessment on, uh, you know, whether it be young girls um, or it be as in like, you know, less than 10, and uh, in, in teenage classes, if you went through everyone in a class, I reckon you would find that there would be um, a higher number than you would expect of kids in that classroom that have undiagnosed eating disorder issues because of. The way that they perceive what food is going to do to them, a person that they may follow on social media that's popular—it's really, really challenging. So, I think um, in order to help you with that, I think you do need to be conscious of what your kids are looking at on Instagram, who they follow, um, you know, what it is that they're interested in. Um, I know that. You can associate likes with success and popularity and that sense of, I guess, massaging your ego, making you feel better about yourself. Um, I get that. But I guess you have to... What's the word I'm looking for? I guess you just have to have an awareness and make sure that the, the kids have a, a balanced life outside of the social media side of it so that it doesn't become overpowering and controlling for them. Um, That's not to suggest that social media is the source of all eating disorders because it is not. Um, There are other issues that normally bring the eating disorder to the fore. Why? Because it's about control. And let's just say that uh, somebody might have a lot of social anxiety and that manifests itself itself. In terms of an eating disorder, how? because what happens is uh, with social anxiety, school things like that they don't have control over it right they don't have control over going to school and being good at these certain things and whatever. but what they can tr- can control is not eating okay and that gives them this sense of empowerment and there's so many other things that they can't control so they go to this dark spot. And do it. If you think about depression, for instance, uh, now depression can be addictive to the person, and where people can feel, um, where people can feel comfortable, is in that zone of depression. It sounds weird, but people can, uh, when they're depressed and they're having a bad moment, what they, what do they know best? They know how to do depression. They know that really well. So what are they going to do? Well, they go and eat the food that they are going to eat. They go and um, sit in the position that they want to sit. They they know how to do depression, right? And because they know it, they keep doing it and they feel comfortable there. Even though they don't want to be depressed, that's what they do and they know. An eating disorder can be uh, the same sort of thing. Uh, part of them they they want to get out of it but it's so addictive that they don't necessarily know how to get out of it and they just keep doing it and redoing it and redoing it because it's what they know and they can control it and they get a sense of self-worth out of that control. But it's a hideous, hideous illness. Uh, it's very serious and even though it doesn't require... Um, you know like um, chemotherapy or uh, you know serious medicine like that it's the same thing it's just that the medicine in this case is food and it's extremely complicated and once it gets into adulthood it is very very difficult to get it out of um, someone Um, I just think you need to be really careful don't underestimate the impact that it can have um be aware of what's happening on your kids' social media and also look for the signs of an eating disorder that maybe, uh, you know, your kids might be having or, uh, you know, people around you may be having as well. And it's not about judgment. It's just about trying to, uh, you know, love and support those people uh, because you just don't know what's going on in somebody else's head. You know, it's hard enough to work out what's going on in your own head Never mind what's going on in someone else's. And some people use this as a a last resort to try and get some control back in their life. And they will never see their body and health the way that, that you do or someone else does. It's just one of those things that their perception is their reality and they're trying to manage it in a way that they believe is right for them. It doesn't necessarily mean it's right for their healthy living. Um, it's, a, it's a really tough one, but it's really serious. And I know that it's gone out of control here in Australia, and I'm sure it's similar around the, the world. Why does it happen with COVID? Well, I think what it's done with all the lockdowns is, well, I think there's probably a couple of aspects. and um, well, I'm not an expert on eating disorders. I've had a lot uh, to do with people that have eating disorders. But I would say with COVID... What COVID has done, not just for eating disorders, but just mental, mental health issues, is it's magnified everything. So with COVID and lockdown, what have you got? You're spending more time in your own thoughts, more time with yourself. Uh, So what do most of us spend the majority of our life doing? I would say distracting ourselves with stuff. You're not truly addressing. The real issues that are going on with our in our lives, the problems that we 're having, and we go to work to distract ourselves. we go and uh, you know go to the movies, go out and do things, see friends and whatever to distract ourselves. Uh, people drink and take substances and so forth to distract themselves from what it is that 's going on in their life, so that they don 't have to stop and think about it and truly address it. Because that's really hard, isn't it? Addressing change, doing the things that you don't want to do, even though you think maybe I need to do them, people distract themselves in life from doing it. But if you're listening to this right now, you're one of those people that does want success and you will step into the fear and the unknown to achieve the change that you want. Um, So I think that's one thing with COVID. It's just left us more alone in our own thoughts and therefore it's manifested things like an eating disorder, Uh, which either didn't exist before or maybe it was on the fringe and it's just magnified it for you. Um, Perhaps one of the other things with social media is, again, with all the lockdowns, maybe people are spending, particularly kids, are spending more time in that space. And uh, certainly teenagers, like my two teenage girls, and you see what they're going through. I mean, teenagers, they're going through the hormonal change as well. But then you've got this extra pressure of maybe there's these 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 kids around the world that are their age that are millionaires because of whatever it is that they're doing, and maybe they're creating these videos and they're they're putting stuff out there that is not necessarily right or accurate, but kids that are their age pick up on it so if it's a if it's a young girl that's really popular it's got a million you know got a million viewers or more. Um, subscribers, whatever, on their social media channels and they're making all this money from stuff that they're doing and it could be just meaningless crap that they're they're putting out there but people are paying money and they're making money from it and then whether it's true or not and they say, oh, I'm having 300 calories a day and and I'm not making this up because my daughter's shown me some of the stuff Uh, and uh, what are other kids going to do? They're going to jump on it. Now, whether it's true or not, it's wrong to be doing it because it's misinformation. It's misleading. It's damaging, and it's destroying people's lives. It's destroying families as well. And whether kids do it as a joke, and they say, "Oh yeah, look, uh, I'm really popular," blah blah, blah I'm just going to create a fake, you know, a fake thing. Whether they do it for fun or whether it's their reality, uh, you, there's no one out there surviving off three hundred calories a day for a long period of time. Um, so you know that it's not. It's not true. Uh, so. You just have to be careful, you know, but I think um, there's some of the reasons why eating disorders have manifested during this, you know, these past two years. Uh, Just have an awareness, you know, get some more information, do a little bit of reading yourself uh, about eating disorders and um, yeah, just you've got to find some empathy within yourself and uh, you need to reach out for medical support where you feel that somebody is over a, a really three four days, if they're not eating at all, then that's you know that's very very dangerous, and you know drinking no water in twenty four hours, you know very dehydrated, very dangerous. Um, so you need to get medical help straight away. What do you do? You take the person to emergency. Okay, take them to the emergency department if it's that desperate, and explain the situation, and then they will um, take the next steps from there. If you're unsure as to early stages, you need to go to your GP. We have some programs here in Australia that um, can be referred uh, with the child to a program. Uh, Again, a lot of the programs, the person needs to be self-motivated. If they are not self-motivated for change, they don't want to change, then guess what? Change won't just happen. Uh, It just means it's a harder, tougher flight for you and fight. Um, But what you do need to do is make sure that you're protecting the person, okay? Um, And sometimes that means you need to take them to the emergency department against their will uh, so that you can protect their life. uh, Because sometimes we need to save people's lives until such time that they're in a headspace where they realise that they need to change. Um, That can be really tough, uh, but sometimes that is just what is required. And you've got to step up for people sometimes uh, to help do that. Uh, so it's a tough one, um, but it's one that we need to become more aware of because there's more and more around you and you just may not know it, So particularly in your kids. So I want you to stay safe, stay healthy, be more empathetic to those around you. And look, if you want to connect with me, go to the thementaltoughnessandbodyshow.com. You can opt in for a free consultation with me. I'd love to connect with you. Stay safe. See you tomorrow.